everyone, me Kevin here from your favorite educational set where rather than news and education, you're just getting timeless education. So if you see this set with the moss covered whiteboard, it is not a weed covered whiteboard. And just because there is a red helmet on the wall does not mean it's Christmas next to the green. I don't know, maybe I just failed at planning this one out, okay? But look, I know it's a work in progress. There's still work to do with this set, but y'all didn't make me feel very good about myself yesterday. Anywho, today we're back in this set, and I'm wearing the glasses to try to offset the, the green and the red theme, okay? See, they're blue. <laughs> anyway, in this video, I want to show you how I invested $10,500 and how you can as well, and how I was able to turn that money into $100,000 in a matter of 90 days. First, it's helpful to look back at uh, when I did this, although you can do this at any time, it doesn't matter. But I did this when I was 19 years old. I had about $10,000 to my name at the time. I was working at Red Robin. I was working hourly. Every time I'd go work for my boss, I felt like it was a chore to get a raise, even though I was working my guts out. And I was really frustrated that I could work my guts out for a year and I'd get a raise from $8 an hour to $8.10 an hour. At that rate, it would probably take me 500 years to ever get rich. And I'm like, uh-uh, no, 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 this sucks. And so looking back now, and this is the beautiful thing about looking back, is I can compare, well, what could I have done differently? Well, I thought, okay, well, what if I just took that $10,000 and invested it into an S&P 500 index fund? Okay, cool, I could feel like I'm a winner. I would have tripled my money, everyone. I would have tripled my money over the last 10 years, and I would have turned $10,000 into $30,000. I would have been a hero. Not really, because I'd have $30,000, and I'd still really have nothing. And so that's when I realized something incredible. While I was working at Job Juice and Red Robin, I actually started taking my real estate licensing tests, and they make you do all these dumb flashcards and memorize this crap that doesn't really matter. But I was taking my licensing test I didn't even think I was gonna represent clients. I took the test because I'm like, dude, I, I know rich people have real estate, so there's, there's gotta be something in these flashcards here that's gonna make me some money. And I came across this thing called an FHA 203B and 203K. These are two types of loans. Basically, they let you buy a house for 3.5% down. So I realized, wait a minute, 3.5% down? That means I could buy with $10,000, like a $300,000 house. I mean, look, $300,000 is what I can control with about $10,500 if I put about 3.5% down, roughly, a little bit of rounding. And that's insane because then I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, somebody like me, 19 years old, can control a $300,000 house. And at the time I paid off like all the debts I had. I, I paid off my car. I wanted no subscriptions. I wanted no debt, no monthly fee. I was a financial minimalist. I wanted nothing. I was happy renting my bedroom at my girlfriend's parents' house. And I'm like, that's it. I pay my rent, I pay my bills. Uh, I go work for nine. Well, I, I ended up moving to Red Robin where I got paid $9 an hour, but there was a time I was working at Jamba Juice for $8 an hour. Anyway, I was making $8 to $10 an hour, $8 to $9 an hour. And I'm like, okay, cool. Why would I go into so much debt? And then I realized something else. Well, wait a minute. If I take my $10,000 and I make 10% on my money, that means I make about $1,000. But if I get control of a $300,000 house, and I get a 10% growth in the value of that property, well, that means I make $30,000.
So wait a minute. The same $10,000, the same 10 grand can either control a $300,000 house or it could be $10,000 in stocks, which is gonna give me one grand, or I could be risky with it and I could margin that up with debt and stocks, right? Maybe I go to Robinhood and I go for one for one margin. Risky folks, okay, fine. I put 20K in, 10% return, I get 2K out, right? So think about that. I could control a $300,000 house. I could control $10,000 in stocks. This would be very safe, right? Because it's just all my money, there's no debt. And I'd make $1,000 there with a 10% return or $2,000 if I margined it up. Or I go to control a $300,000 house, the value goes up 10%. Oh my gosh, that's 30 grand instantly. Now, there had to be a catch, right? And this is where I really got to start, you know, thinking about, okay, well, like, what is the catch? Okay, well, I mean, I'm taking on a lot of debt, right? And so then I got to thinking, all right, well, as long as I can make the payment on the house, then I guess the debt isn't that big of a deal, right? But then again, everybody says that. But what if I can't work anymore? What if I can't make that payment anymore? I'm going to lose my house and then I lose my $10,000. And then I realized, wait a minute, I don't have to make the payment. If I can't afford the place, if I'm living there, I can move and I can put a tenant in. This is me, 19 years old, going through real estate flashcards and talking to people about real estate and trying to start understanding real estate. I'm like, wait a minute, I can control a $300,000 house and somebody else can make the payment for me if I needed to move out of it and they don't take my house away. But what if the value goes down? Like, what if that $300,000 house, because I bought, I don't know, at the top of the market or something like that, becomes a $200,000 house? Is the bank gonna call me up? Because I know Robinhood's gonna call me up. If my 20K goes down to 10K because the market drops, they're gonna call me up and they're gonna make sure they get their debt covered first and I'm screwed. I'm selling my stocks at bottom or I'm throwing money into the fire basically. Well, that sucks. Or, well, what happens with real estate? With real estate, I realized, wait a minute. If the value goes down, because a lot of these home loans like the FHA or the Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, conventional loans, all this stuff that I was learning in the flashcards, because they're essentially sponsored by the government, they don't want to see people lose their homes. They want to see people own homes because they think that people are going to go in and overspend on these properties and support the economy because they hang out at Lowe's every weekend and they blow all the extra savings they have. And that's true. But then I realized, wait a minute. I, if I just cut out the going to Lowe's every weekend and blowing all my savings and I just buy the house, I get the benefit of owning real estate for three and a half percent down the bank can't take it out from under me unless I stop making my payment, but somebody else could make the payment for me. Whoa, I could control a lot of wealth with very little wealth in real estate. And so that's when I decided I'm gonna get pre-approved with Lauren. We used an FHA loan and we're gonna start looking for houses. We ended up finding this place for $305,000. No kitchen, no bathrooms. And I'm like, okay, we can't, we, we don't qualify for like the $400,000 or $500,000 houses. This is in California. Uh, we only qualify for like the crap that's at like $300,000 at the time. So like, what? We're gonna buy a house with no kitchen and no toilet and no bathroom? And so I'm asking the lender, I'm like, what am I supposed to do on this? How do I buy this? And then I remembered my flashcards. Wait a minute, FHA 203B and FHA 203K. 203B means you could put three and a half percent down on a house if you agree to live there, you have the intent to live there for a year, and you could put three and a half percent down on the property, 
if it's ready to be lived in. And I think I'm pretty sure there's a fly around here, which is really starting. I'm going to have to get out my hatchet here and kill this fly. But anyway, the FHA 203K program lets me buy a house that I can't move into because the condition isn't ready to be moved into yet. There it is. Get it. Ugh. God, I can't believe I got him. That's disgusting. Oh, the camera was on for that too. Ew. Well, okay then, let's do this. FHA 203K, 3.5% down. Let me explain this other stuff. So basically, I ended up buying the place for $305,000. I was up against two cash offers. The cash people paid like $287,000 and $290,000. And I'm like, well, screw the cash buyers. I am getting a loan with 3.5% down. I can pay more and I'm not gonna flip the place, even though I could because it was getting a good deal. But anyway, more on that in a bit. I ended up putting 3.5% down on this $305,000 purchase, which was a drop in the bucket, and they let me finance the fix-up and renovation costs on the house. Which the cool thing about that was I got to put 3.5% down and they gave me the money to fix up the place, which was about $50,000. The problem with these FHA 203k loans though is they make you have like HUD inspectors so it's kind of hard to actually get the money until you've done work and things go slowly. So what I did is I ended up borrowing $25,000 from just a hard money lender in my city. You could literally just Google hard money loans, Ventura County, hard money loans, LA County, and you'll have like a million of them. There are endless people willing to give you these loans at like 9%, which was insane, but I'm like, wait a minute. I only need this loan for like two or three months. I'm gonna borrow 25 grand from somebody who's gonna give me 25 grand, secure it against the house, so it's a second mortgage against the house. Now I've got my first mortgage for three and a half percent down, so it makes it seem like I'm upside down, but wait a minute. I was buying this place in a 450 to $500,000 neighborhood, depending on the condition. It was my first deal ever. I was freaked out. But I kept looking at the value of the neighborhood and I'm like, how can I lose on this? Even if I have to sell it tomorrow after doing a little bit of paint and flooring and putting a kitchen in, I'll be way up on this deal. So three and a half percent down on the deal. I borrow 25 grand from this dude to buy the material and start fixing up the place. Then I invite the bank over and they're like, hmm, looks like you done a great job, Kevin. And they give me their 50 grand, which I use to pay off the second guy because I just borrowed his money temporarily. And now I have fully financed this property, the entire renovation, the entire purchase, everything with three and a half percent down. Now, the FHA 203K loan program, only some lenders will do it. If you're gonna do it, you better get an expert lender who does these regularly because they take a lot of work. But let's get into some special details here on what happened next. So here's the scoop. From closing this deal to having the property fixed up, took me about 90 days. Then Lauren and I moved into the property and not too long after, we ended up doing a refinance. We refinanced the property and the property values in the market had gone up a little bit. We got lucky with that. I'm gonna talk about what happens if property values don't also go up. Because remember, I bought this property thinking the neighborhood was like a 450 to $500,000 neighborhood. Well, the market also went up on top of that. And we ended up getting a refinance. And the appraisal, I guess the appraiser really liked us. Cute young couple, I guess they thought. Anyway, appraiser appraised the property for $550,000. A property that I bought 
and spent 90 days fixing up and working on, and then I moved into it. And then, yeah, I did little knickknack stuff after those 90 days, you know, just as any homeowner might. But that refinance, now look what that let me do. It let me get rid of mortgage insurance. Anytime you get a loan for 80% and you put 20% down, you don't have mortgage insurance. Since the property now appraised for $550,000 and we're putting basically 20% down, I was able to get a brand new loan for $440,000 without mortgage insurance. This is really good. Rents also went up in the neighborhood. So if I still had to rent the property out, and put aside money for fix-up and reserves and a property manager and vacancy costs and all that, a tenant would still be covering the payment on this property. So I'm looking at this deal going, wait, seriously? They appraised it for $550. I can get a loan for 80% of that with no mortgage insurance, but my old loan's only $340. Remember, I bought the place for like $305 and put around 3.5% down, and then I borrowed $50,000-ish. There's a little principal pay down, which I learned about that too. Every month you're paying off the loan a little bit. That was great. Anyway, I replaced my old $340,000 loan with a new $440,000 loan, which meant for that original 90 days worth of work, the refinance took longer. I refinanced a little later. But for that original 90 days worth of work and then doing nothing else, I was able to get a new loan for $440,000, replacing my $340,000 loan, which means they wrote me a tax-free check for $100,000, which is absolutely insane. Okay, but come on, I got a little lucky because property values went up. You know, property values could have stayed flat or they could have gone down. Yeah, that's true. Let's do a quick analogy here. What if property values were, you know, the property appraised for $450,000 and I put 80% down on a refinance then? Well, in that case, I'd get a loan for $360,000, which means I'd have about 20 grand in my pocket. So yeah, the appreciation definitely helped me get a really killer deal out of this property. And yeah, timing was a big factor in this. But I think the biggest factor was, even if property values went down, I only owed $340,000 on the property. So property values could have fallen substantially, and worst case scenario, if I needed to bail out of it, I could have just sold it. But realistically, I was planning on holding this property for the long term, and if I needed to move because the market went to crap, I could just move and rent it out because I bought the property so far below market value. Remember, I paid $305,000 for a house that needed like 50 grand worth of work in a neighborhood that was worth between 450 and five. And so yeah, in the real scenario that happened, I ended up being able to refinance a property I bought for $305,000, fix it up, refinance it for 550, take all my money back out, and now I have a hundred grand tax-free that I used to go buy my first actual rental property, which was my second purchase ever. That's how I pulled it off. Again, if values didn't appreciate as much, I would have still refinanced, still put tax-free money into my pocket, and still had money in the deal. Because here's the thing, I actually created a lot more money than that $100,000 title makes it seem like. Because think about this. I took $10,000, $10,500, and I actually turned it in the real scenario into $100,000 in my pocket. But wait a minute, I owe $440 on a $550 appraised property. That means I actually have a net worth of $110,000 plus the $100 I put in my pocket, which is like $210,000. Now, even if I had to sell it and pay some selling costs, I was a realtor, so they'd be a little lower, but even if I had to pay somebody else to sell it, so I had to pay 25 grand in selling costs. Who cares? I still turned my $10,500 into $180,000 I could pocket. 
And because if you live in a property for two years, you get a homeowner's exemption, I could have that money completely tax-free. So I realized really in no scenario was this bad for me. Even if property values fell, I could rent it out and cover the payment. If I lost my job, I could rent it out and cover the payment by renting it again. Uh, if property values went up a little bit, I'll refinance and get rid of mortgage insurance because I got a good deal. And if property values went up a good amount, which which they did, I mean, they went from a 450 to 500K neighborhood, you know, up to about 550, which was great. I mean, there was like a nice 13% jump in prices there, which obviously I took advantage of. That gave me money that I could now use to go buy other deals. Now I didn't actually have to move to get into my second property. I just had to take the money from the refinance and go put it into the other property. So what are the steps for you? How could you take advantage of doing something just like this? Well, step number one, and I, I wrote this down and I'm like, Kevin, this is going to sound so lame, but it's been so true. You got to commit to buying something. And again, it sounds lame, uh, but let me tell you why. When the recession hit, or I'm sorry, when this pandemic hit and the recession that we're in now, when this pandemic hit, I said, you know what? I'm going to buy stocks and not real estate. I didn't even look at the real estate market for like three months. And so I don't know what kind of deals I missed. I don't know because I wasn't looking. I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't committed to getting anything. So sure, deals didn't just fall in my lap. But as soon as around May hit, I decided, okay, stocks are at a nice price. I'm going to buy real estate now like crazy. I've got two to three properties in escrow. We're about to find out on the third, so we'll find out. And these are all great deals. And it's only because I said to myself, okay, now I'm going to go hunting. And then obviously I check the market every day, which the best second step for you to do is to contact a local loan officer and get pre-approved. You get a pre-approval letter, you can actually go shopping for real estate now. You're ready to go. If a good deal hits the market and you got to get pre-approved, you're too late. You'll always miss out on those kind of deals. You got to get your pre-approval letter. You got to commit and get with a really good agent in your area that works with investors. I talk about exactly how to do this regularly in the real estate course in the link down below. There's a coupon code that does expire July 4th. I did extend that because I promised you I'd get back to some emails and there was no way I could get back to the amount of emails that y'all sent me. So sorry about that. Uh, I'm trying my best. I'm still working on them. It's just me. Anyway, fourth thing, check the market every day. Like check Redfin, check Zillow, check everything every single day. And number five, folks, if you find a deal, write the offer. I don't know how many times like I, I've had clients where there's a good deal and they see the good deal and I'm like, y'all, this is a great deal. You better write the offer. And they're like, ah, you know, we're going to sleep on it. Next morning, three offers, seller pick somebody else. Well, at least get in the running. By, by the way, the whole like multiple offer thing, like, oh, there are other offers. Like, I don't want to compete with all these other offers. You have to. And the good thing about it is it actually tells you if you're getting a good deal. If you're writing an offer on a property that's on the market, like it's on the MLS, and there are no other offers, that's a bad sign. That's a sign that maybe the deal you're looking at is not as good of a deal as you thought it was. Now, if you're getting a deal off market and there are no other offers, well, that makes sense. But if you're getting a deal on the market, like it's, it's on Zillow and it's on Redfin, and you got multiple offers on it, that's the market telling you it's a good deal. Ideally, you find a property that needs some work because then you could usually buy them in the wedge. There are four ways to get a wedge deal. We're not going to go through all of those in this video, but this is a quick example on how I was able to take $10,500 and turn it into $100,000 plus within 90 days worth of work. And remember, I say 90 or $100,000 plus because think about it, 100 grand in my pocket plus the equity that's left over in the house. 
realistically, we should be titling this video. Maybe I will. <laughs> uh, you know, how, how I turned $10,000 into $200,000 with, uh, you know, 90 days worth of work. So. Uh, anyway, let me know what you think about this video. If you like this video, please consider sharing it with somebody you think would benefit from this kind of information. Uh, if you want more of these sort of educational, longer style videos, let me know down below as well. YouTube does not share these as much, so as much feedback as you can give me down below uh, would be very, very useful. So hopefully you found use out of this video. I really appreciate you watching. I hope you like the, uh, the glasses I decided to wear today. Uh, but anyway, thanks again, folks, and we will see you again next time.